Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the second season of Leverage Redemption. It was 13 episodes, and this is kind of the revival series following on from Leverage from so many years ago. And I'm glad they got basically the full team back together. Mm-hmm. Aldous Hodge, who plays Alex Hardison, is he was in three or four episodes, two in person, and a few kind of through a video feed or whatnot. But he was off doing Black Adam. He's got another show starting up. He had City on a Hill or City on the Hill, whatever it was. So he's, he's a busy guy. But we had the date night. We had the date night, and that was a ton of fun. They use him well when they can get him on there. And I wish they could get him full time, but I respect he's doing other stuff. Yeah. So it was overall a good season, as I've, I've come to expect. They've got good done in one episodes. There are a couple of threads that follow throughout. They introduce a guy a couple of episodes in from Sophie's past who kind of becomes the the threat at the end of the season, but in a more personal way versus how there was kind of in the original series some really big, you know, mastermind big bad types. Well, it's funny you said that because as you were saying that it occurred to me that in a way, they tried to make Sophie feel like she was the mastermind big bad that some of those ones were in the original show. They some We are all the hero of our own stories. Well, she was the villain of someone else's story. Yes. She was being accused of leaving a trail of destruction. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because we've seen that mindset played out on a few other shows. I thought it was beautifully done in the Matt Smith Doctor Who era. Which, if you look at his adventures through the adversary's lens, yes, absolutely what's going on. And here, if you look at her con artist lifestyle and stuff, roll it back to when this other character knew her, and from what we know about her at the time, yeah, I can totally see somebody having that vantage point on her. Well, and it's interesting in a few different ways, in terms of he takes no accountability. For his role in his own life. Oh, yeah. But there's also very much a mindset on the other person's part of people don't change. Well, and having that lens on her past was needed in the two-part finale because of the daughter figure for Sophie. And it turned out to be a stepdaughter versus a biological one, which I was afraid they were going to be kind of planting. And that was a bridge too far, and I'm glad they didn't go there. Me too. Because leaving a stepdaughter is not good, but less bad than a biological daughter. Well, and they they gave, I don't want to say good reasons, but in terms of they created that sense of, yes, she left her to protect her. Yes. So, yes, it is a form of abandonment, but it was well-intentioned. Well, and it plays into the backstory that Sophie had from the original series of, at one point, she had used an alias that the team was unfamiliar with. And it's like, Hardison's like, I, I can't set this up. And she said, turns out he didn't need to. It was legit. Yeah. You know, or legit as it could be for someone like her. 
So playing into that and exploring that a little bit more was fun. Mm -hmm. Now, the other character we got some backstory on was Elliot. That was beautiful. They finally reveal who his father was, did not see the casting for that coming, but it, it played beautifully. I think both actors did a terrific job. I don't know how much time the actor who played his father spent watching past episodes. I think he was a fan of the show. He channeled so many oh. of the mannerisms and the – I mean, I love the way Christian Kane does the anger and the upset and the frustration. And I hope there's not a physical toll that's taking on the actor because he does it wonderfully. I totally agree. And I really wish Almost Paradise would come back for a second season because his character there is a private eye who's was, I guess, was military but kind of got drummed out because he was having, you know, blood pressure and, and those kinds of issues at a very serious level of your heart rate goes up, you're going to keel over kind of a thing. Yeah. And again, he plays the just about to boil over beautifully, as well as he plays the the lovable goofball when he's doing kind of the the janitor type or whatever. Oops, sorry about that, you know, kind of thing. Very talented actor, and I've enjoyed him on this, on Almost Paradise, on Librarians, uh, Back in Angel. He's got a, a wide body of work and very entertaining. So seeing. The character, get that backstory explored, learning about his his father and stuff like that, some of the twists they did on that, how some of the team reacted to that. Mm -hmm. It was really, really well done. Now, what whether that's what they had envisioned back in the original series when we got the episode where he kind of was going to go and see his father and didn't, I don't know, but I'm glad they played it out. And I got the sense between that and some of the lines at the end of the season that they're setting up potentially next season, just like we got a lot of Sophie this time. It's not that we're going to do a redemption arc for Elliot, be it next season or the one after, but we're gonna, we've got to go through an arc where he realizes he not only is redeemable, but he's done so much more to be redeemed than he gives himself credit for. Well, and I think that's one of the really interesting things about a lot of these characters is they get so caught up in what they're doing and, frankly, the fun they're having mm. that they don't fully realize how they've changed, how they've grown, the good they're doing. Well, it's funny because I think they do, and they also fully acknowledged what they haven't changed. Parker knows she's doing things for good now, yes. for the right reasons. She's also fully aware she's breaking every rule under the sun. Yes. And is totally okay with that. When they had the episode with the Christmas tree and Parker was back to hanging necklaces and jewelry on. Yes. They've toned down her wackiness compared to the original yes. series because she was just off the charts there. She's still very recognizably the same character, but you can also see the intervening years of socialization, of learning how to, to fit in better and such. Of receiving love. Yes. Well, and it's funny because over the first five seasons of the original series, they really broke down the barriers with her, got her to where she could kind of understand emotion and deal with all of that. And then to have had that intervening time with, with Hardison, building up Leverage International, with Elliot and stuff like that, we can see how it's, it's rubbed off on her in all the right ways, yet she's still at her core the same Parker we've always known. Yeah. You know, wanting to tase people left, right, and center. Yes. 
it is hilarious how when they do those tase scenes, they do almost not almost a, a animated like you're electrocuting somebody in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. You, you get an overlay of the skeleton briefly and stuff like that. I mean, they 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 play it for laughs. Well, I think that's part of what. I love about the humor of the show, though, and going back to Christian Kane, of the, he looks like he's about to blow his top with anger, and I'm dying of laughter. Yes, it's hilarious how he does it. Well, and when we saw Harry in the events uh, in the <laughs> finale. <laughs> yes. There were some other times when he was doing the, the Lumber Duke. <laughs> yes. There is no subtlety to be had here, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and it's not farcical. I mean, it. Is I would love, but not overly so. But I would love to know the conversation in the writing room that led to the Lumberduke. Yes, yes. Because it's kind of a okay. We want to create a character that is the online dating profile of every romance novel hero put into one person. Well, and that was one of the ones where they were kind of riffing on the Hallmark movie type yes. stuff, as was the Baby Mama or whatever the, the Pyramid Scheme one was. Yes. And some of the stuff they do in these things, if they if they were to go just a hair further, would be, oh, come on. And well, for maybe for some people it is, but for me, it, it hits that sweet spot. If it's ridiculous enough to be funny, but not so ridiculous to be either insulting or knock me out of the story. We had the one with the two kids who took over the trucking empire mm. from dad, and the daughter thinks that she's some- uh, Massive influencer. Or yeah, whatever. some vlogging sensation and stuff. And when we see what she's smuggling under purses, and it's just a, really? It, yeah. It's so over the top that it's hilarious. Well, the- other over-the-top thing there was when Parker and Harry come in as producers for some network or something. They are so yes. crazy caricaturish. Yes. Yet, they lean into it. Yep. They make it play. Yep. If, if the actors aren't having fun doing the show, they're, they're doing it wrong because it, it really seems like they're having a blast. It does, yeah. You know? And I, I enjoy that aspect of it. We get good heists, we get good kind of procedural mystery-ish sorts of things. They sneak in an amazing amount of social commentary. Yes. I mean, we had the the cleaning up the allegedly recyclables and trash mm -hmm. from the water, which was also a smuggling episode. Yeah. As you mentioned, we had the pyramid scheme. Yeah. We had the sexual harassment episode. Yes. That one. That one was interesting because they took a very different angle on the show where the Leverage team was almost – it's like we were seeing a typical Leverage episode from a very different perspective because another girl kind of comes in and decides to help the person they're trying to help out, kind of gets in their way and they kind of decide, well, let's just help her help the girl. And she winds up presumably getting recruited into Leverage International or whatever. It's almost like their job got stolen from them. So they're like, well, if she's going to steal it, let's just, you know – Help her steal our case. Yes. It was it was a perplexing episode, but really well done. And they cast well for that the girl who's kind of the, the amateur leverage. But I wanted to see her and the guy who helped her in the finale. I was expecting to, or getting some kind of payoff for that. And I think if they had done that either earlier in the season, because it was like right before the two-part finale, mm -hmm. 
or maybe we'll see her next season or something. I You're setting characters up and then doing nothing with them, and that confused me. Yeah, because like we brought back the junior lawyer from for season one. Yes. Well, and we finally got a name drop in the finale mm-hmm. of James Sterling, who's the frenemy of, <laughs> of Nathan and stuff in the first series. That may be one of the best frenemies on TV. And I would, would have rather seen a Mark Shepard in person. Yeah. But the way they, they name dropped his character and the way they used it and stuff played well. Mm-hmm. So I think there's the potential for the character that did the name drop has to show up again, or at least get mentioned again. I sure hope so. But if that character shows up again, that's an avenue to get Sterling in Mm -hmm. for something kind of an old home week kind of a deal. And there's a lot they could do there in terms of him reacting to the leverage team post Nathan. Yeah. Do they hold Harry in reserve, or does he already know about Harry? Mm-hmm. You know, how does everybody react to him? Him and uh, you know Brianna, what's the relationship there going to be? Yeah, you know, and you know, it's been many, many years, but has Elliot ever forgiven <laughs> Sterling? You know, and that's part of the fun of revisiting an old show and doing it here, where we've got basically almost everybody from the original. Yeah, I mean, we we don't have. Nathan Ford, that character's not back. Bringing in Harry gives some some new blood. You kind of need to introduce a new character as an avenue for new viewers to kind of learn about the team. Same with Brianna. But I think by having Nathan Ford pass away and giving the show both that sense of grief, but also that need to heal and that need to, to bond. To come back together. That really worked. Yeah. Well, and they did it in a way that there are repercussions. There are callbacks to it, but they're not wallowing in it. Yeah. And if you're going to do a revival show, getting the majority of the old cast back helps a lot, but figuring out how to strike off in a new direction and be its own thing while still ringing true to the original. Mm-hmm. Because this is a continuation of these characters and such, unlike the MacGyver reboot where they started from scratch, yeah. reuse the name and stuff. Same with Hawaii Five-0 or Magnum P.I. Mm-hmm. With the new Night Court that started, you really only have one returning character. Yeah. You've got the venue and the setting and stuff, but that's a very different dynamic than here where, again, we, we brought back most of the, the core crew. We've name-dropped the few other regulars there were for the most part. Mm-hmm. At this point, the only other one we haven't name-dropped or seen is a Jerry Ryan's character. Yeah, Tara. I would love to see her running one of the other teams or something like that. Yeah. Or freelancing across all of them or something. Yeah. You know, or training up teams, something. And if they bring back the two junior, you know, tryout members they had this season, I think having Jerry Ryan's character in as mm. the, the recruitment officer or something and bringing them on board, training them up, putting them out there, figuring out where they'd be best or whatever, that would be very interesting. It would. Yeah. Because then you've got the new, the old, and- it's not working, so Sophie's got to step in or something. Yeah. You know, a lot of, lot of potential there. The other regular recurring, I should say, they, they really ought to bring back is Will Wheaton is chaos. Yes. Particularly if you go down the path of everyone else has been redeemed, he hasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. If anything, he's just gotten snarkier or something. And I think that'd be the type of character Will Wheaton would enjoy playing. Yeah. It's a character he does well. Yes. 
And you could play, well, but I have redeemed, but I have, you know, kind of a- Yeah. There are levels of redemption. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I thought they did some some fun stuff this season. I thought we saw a number of different venues. Quite a bit of it was set in New Orleans where the team is kind of based, but that makes sense. With the date night job, we introduced an orphan Mm -hmm. who we've now sent off, I thought, to Hardison's Nana. Yes, Hardison to Brianna's Nana. Yeah, so I would love to get follow-up on that. That's another character we've heard tons about over the two shows uh, Mm -hmm. they've never seen. The question is, who to cast? Yes. And given the casting they did for Elliot's dad, I think it really shows some some creativity they've got on that. Yeah. Because there are a couple of times where it's like, oh, it's got to be X or whatever. And they sometimes they go X, sometimes they go, you know, completely out of left field and then make that play so beautifully. Yeah. And I would expect them to do that with, with Nana. I just, it could be anything from a Whoopi Goldberg type, which would I think be expected, to maybe a Sally Field. Mm, yeah. Uh, which would be a little bit of a, a curve or whatever. It's funny because, I mean, if we were decades ago, I'd say a Nell Carter. Yes, exactly. That's that's the image I have in my mind or whatever. But given how- They like to bend expectations? They like to bend expectations, how Hardison in particular would do that in the original series. You know what would be hilarious to me? Reba McIntyre. Could be interesting. She's got the Southern. She's got the- Bigger than life attitude. Yes. You need somebody that can really hold their own, have that larger than life, mm-hmm. and have that almost cliche, down home, good person at the core of it. But don't follow rules for the sake of following rules. The sitcom Reba, mm-hmm. one of the things that always cracked me up and why I ended up watching two or three seasons of it is the premise is basically she's divorced, her husband ends up remarrying, and he and the new wife decide not just to live next door to her, but the new wife wants to be her best friend. Mm. And she just can't be rude and slam the door in the other woman's face. Yeah. And she ends up becoming friends with her. And there's that, that I want to hate you because you started dating him while we were married, but I just can't. And that's the, the quality, I think, that would be in the Nana character. Somebody who is so overflowing with love and affection for others that takes in strays all the time. Yeah. And and I would almost think if they ever go visit Nana, they've almost got to pull into what looks like a decent sized roadside inn or whatever. Yeah. Thinking, this is where we're staying? And it turns out, no, that is Nana's. Yeah. She's fostering, you know. An insane number of kids or whatever, and has helpers, et cetera. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, giving the, the people, the family, what they need. Because if you look at it, Hardison and Brianna both came out of there knowing they were loved, mm-hmm. having their, their natural skills nurtured to an insane degree. Yeah. They came out of there very smart and such. Well, and Brianna had a pretty good storyline in the episode that took place on the college campus. Yes, that one was really good. That had some fun stuff with her realizing maybe she could fit in in a college thing. Maybe leverage isn't a long-term thing for her. Maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Don't know, you know. Maybe she didn't – maybe she had misjudged the college experience yes. based on her assumptions. Yes. It opened her eyes in some ways. Yeah. 
and the, the college professor there got what was coming to him. Yeah. And I loved almost that underground of the facilities guys, security yes. guards. Yes. The overlooked group or whatever and how they kind of adopted Elliot. I loved how Elliot was supposed to take out the security guy and he's like, nope, can't do it. Yes. It's like, oh, we found his kryptonite. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know when the security guy gave him a patch at the end for his uniform? Yes. With just kind of a, you think I didn't realize from the moment I first saw you that you weren't wearing a school uniform. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a patch that would have made you look real, dude. Well, not just you, make you look real, but you're part of the fraternity yes. now. Yes. You're, you, you, you are one of us. Yes. Even if and you're not one of us. Well, and the way the scene played out was just very much a, you are accepted, you are one of us, but yeah. you, you, you kind of should have had this all along. Well, and that's something where that spin on a redemption arc for Elliot, I think, is really needed to some degree, mm. and almost in a way where they go through a couple of things, and Elliot's doing the tough guy stuff, he's, he's knocking down all comers or whatnot, and it starts to wear on him a little have a little bit of he just needs some downtime or whatever, and have that episode, the team's mission being finagling things around Elliot, who's doing a road trip or whatever, but keeps stumbling across these people he's helped or whatever. Yes, yes. And kind of, it's a wonderful life, Elliot, sort of a deal or whatever. Yes. And then launch him on the accepting of, you know, kind of the inner peace and the redemption or whatever. You know, they've They've done so much with so many of these characters, just incidentally, as they're, they're doing these other stories. Yeah. You know? And there were some other really fun episodes this season. I'm trying to think one of the highlights would have been, because it's just, none of the episodes were bad. You know, I, I liked, again, seeing Elliot's father and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the campus episode uh, was a ton of fun. There was one or two of the others where I really thought, because I mean, like when they encountered the politician that needed to be taken down, where they're off at that camp or whatever. Yes. The walk in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the way they take it down and, oh, you thought the audience was this. No, no. It yeah. was this. And again, some of the misdirections, some of the, the ways they spin the story and stuff. You'd think after doing so many of the take down the bad guy with a con kind of a story that they They'd run out. But it's interesting because as we're talking, I'm realizing how many of the episodes this season, when you really look at it, going back to your comment, the security guards, the janitors, the dispatcher at the truck yes, thing. Yes, she was a major one. You know, they really focused on the receptionist at the, the music company. And it's not fair to say the little people. That's the wrong phrasing. The people who get overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've- The people who get the jobs done when you you really kind of think about it. The ones that are quiet and and potentially in the background, but keep everything running. Yeah. And those were the ones that really kind of rose to the top Mm -hmm. in terms of other scripts, other shows, they'd have been extras with no dialogue. Yeah. And here they became fundamental players. Or they would have enough dialogue to be a thorn in the side of the focal character. Yeah. Just to show what a bad day they're having or whatever. Mm-hmm. But not a character in and of their own right. So, yeah, they're they're doing a good job. I appreciated how they did one episode and then every week for 13 weeks, we get another kind of a deal. 
Mm-hmm. No break in the middle. Would I have liked it if they dropped the whole season at once? Yeah, kind of, sort of. I would have liked marathoning it, but I-, I liked having it to look forward to every week. I was going to say, this is one of the few shows we stayed current on. Yes. I think the only one we delayed was the first part of the two-part finale. Yeah. Because we were watching something else, and we wanted to watch the two back-to-back. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's easy to stay current on, because it's, it's episodic, even if there are a few you know, serial aspects to the narrative at times. This season seemed to involve more in terms of streaming, like the uh, the video game tournament. The, that was a really good episode for Elliot, too. Yes, it really was. Yeah. I, I loved how at the beginning... <laughs> They're not athletes. Brianna's trying to get the team to take it. Elliot does the, it's not a sport... Oh, I'm going to tell Hardison, she says, and instantly Elliot's phone's going. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, but I also liked how kind of the, once he got to know the kids. Yes. And became a, a mentor figure to them. He's like, hey, they work hard. They train hard. Yeah. They put their heart and souls into it. He saw the sports side of it, and it also was a subtle way of showcasing his, his cooking skills. Yes. How he knew about nutrition, how he was looking after the team and stuff like that. He was- Again, great character episode for him. Yeah. Then we had, I want to say, the Pyramid Scheme episode, where every day at a specific time, mm-hmm. the CEO did the live yes. webcast to all her employees. The trucking episode, where we had the vlogger. Yeah. It just feels like we had a lot more of kind of the, not necessarily influencing, but the-, the modern social media impact. Yeah. And how it's a part of life- in a way that it really wasn't when the original show was on the air. Well, it's not just being woven into the show as part of life, but as part of the takedowns. Yes. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Yeah. I mean, going back to that, the walk in the woods job, when they needed to get into the local Wi-Fi, and which I still don't believe the whole tenting of the community or whatever they were saying was happening and stuff. But I did love Brianna showing up at some little community center museum-y thing, and it's like, you want to save the frog? Fine, I'll help you save the frog. And the lady's like, I've been putting up flyers for years. Flyers? Ha! Let me help you. Yeah, you have a need, I have a need, but I can fill your need to get my need filled and take you into the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. They just- I love it when they do almost an incidental helping of somebody in service of their greater mission or something. Yeah. So, is this, you know, the best show ever? Is it going to change the world? No. But it's darned entertaining. It's a lot of fun. And if you're looking for something that is a light, comedic take on like a Mission Impossible style show, it's it's a blast. Yeah. So, I'm enjoying it. I got the sense out of this there's going to be a third season i don't know that for certain but i hope so it would not surprise me if this runs for at least five seasons to match the original possibly a little longer i agree i mean they they ended the season with basically a yep no wiley will stick around if we come back mm-hmm. which well, and was he, I think less was, promised last season yeah it was not they could have started this one without him yeah. and story-wise it would have made sense i think he wrote an episode or two and I think he directed an episode or two. He, one of the episodes he directed, there was a scene he's in as an actor. He wrote the episode and he directed the episode. And afterwards, I'm asking you, so in this specific scene, yes. 
That was the walk in the woods one. <laughs> yes. Was this idea the actors, the writers, or the directors? <laughs> yeah. Who do you think talked who into what? <laughs> I definitely get the sense Noah Wiley is enjoying this show because while his character on the librarians was a little wacky at times, he's able to play here the straight laced lawyer at times and just the completely over the top characters of a con artist at other times. He does the physical comedy so well at times. And then things like that Lumberduke. Yes. <laughs> you know, and the way he kind of slips out of the Lumberduke when the lady walks out of the room with, okay, and I lost her. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, and then the waitress comes up. Yeah, they, they've got a really strong writing room. And I think the actors trust the writing. Yes. And the directing and stuff. Because I've got to imagine you get some stuff, you read it on the paper, it's like, there's no way this would work. And if if you go into the scene thinking that, you're right. Yeah. But if you go in thinking, I think I can make this work this way, and you've got people on set that are willing to, you know, again, lean into that and play into that, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Well, and I guess it was the last episode, second to last episode, one of the ones we watched tonight, last episode, I guess, Parker is laying on the bar. And Elliot is trying to pull something away from her and is dragging her down the bar. That's how the the, the show opened, I think. <laughs> and, and it's just kind of going back to the, okay, was the scene actually written that way? Or did they get the scene and start saying, you know, it uh, might be more fun. <laughs> I almost have to imagine it was written that way. I loved how she had basically broken into everyone's house, packed their go bag, and she's explaining, yeah, this time I packed your stuff. And Elliot's like, wait, this time? <laughs> I didn't steal anything. I packed your bag. Yeah. And I loved the line of when Brianna realized that Parker had broken in at one point because she wasn't responding to your text. It's like, was I sleeping? And she's like, yes, for hours. (laughs) And you just get this image. (laughs) Yes, yes. And if it wasn't a a kind of budget, I don't say breaker or whatever, if, if they could have done it, I'm sure they would have loved to have tossed in. A five-second scene yes. of Brianna in bed asleep with Parker just hovering. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, one of the little things they do is when uh, Parker needs a name, at one point she's Alice, which is who she was. The when- friend she had or, or the when, when she made the friend in the yeah. jury one. Yeah, and just little tiny callbacks like that. We have not done a steal a jury kind of an episode. Mm-hmm. And they did that on the original series with the episode Brent Spiner was in. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And I think doing it now, post shows like Bull, where you've got, you know, the whole jury picking and, and yeah. stuff like that, and with a lawyer on the team and such, there's so many spins they could do on that, even if they just posed as trial consultants. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, again, fun show. Fun show. Totally enjoy it. I'm looking forward to the next season. Hopefully, it won't be too long. I mean, it'll probably be about a year, but- That's too long. It is, you know, 13 episodes, wait, a year, you know, nine months to a year for the next 13 order. At least they're really good when they come. They are. They are. And even if we can't get Hardison in all the episodes, when they can get Aldous Hodge, they use the character really well. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. And I'm looking forward to his show where he plays character of Cross or whatever yeah. from some books. Yeah. Unfamiliar with the books, but starring vehicle for him. So looking forward to checking that out at some point. Me too. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. 
The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what we've discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.